As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. So I'm Monty. I am producer Dave. And we are here for an episode of On Farm at Tillage Live, just outside Dunbar in East Lothian. In front of us, we can see all the various plots where various different pieces of big shiny kit are being demonstrated. There's a lot of farmers now parking and heading the way of the static stands. And off we go. We're going to see what we can find out. We're going to learn a bit. And we're going to kick some tires, as they say. Quite literally, actually. Yeah, really big quite tires. Yeah. So, for the uninitiated, Monty, what is Tillage Live? Who comes here, right. and what for? I tell you what, Dave. To answer those questions, let's get this out. This is the, the Tillage program, Live, the program, event program, the event program. And what does it say? Tillage Live, the crop establishment demonstration. Welcome to Tillage Live, till, spray, and grow. So we're going to see machines that till, we're going to see machines that spray, and we're going to see machines that drill the crop. There's a, there's a big horse drill going there, look. Seed drill the crop to help it grow, till spray grow. This is all really your, your arable farmers, your cereal growers. Um, it is, it's cereal growing kit. It's, you've got ploughs, obviously. You've got things that then break down the ploughing, and then you've got seed drills that then sow the seed into that ground. However, obviously nowadays, a lot of farmers, it's all about controlling costs, looking after soils and the environment better. So there is a big shift away from ploughing. So quite a lot of these machines here will be seen working directly into stubble rather than ploughed ground. And that's why it's quite exciting because farmers now are moving away. They have been for a while, but even more farmers are moving away from, I guess, what's I been, which is, you know, we just plough it, then we work it down and then we sow it. So there's a lot for people to learn, and that's what these things are about. So, we're in a corner of the field just now with Kubota tractors and Kubota equipment. We've got a Kubota with some sort of front press on the front, a mounted drill, I don't know if it's a power harrow drill, on the back, and let's have a wee look at what they're doing. So he's demonstrating how they would sow um, grain into this plot and, and it's not been ploughed or anything it's been gone through by I'm guessing this this uh, Cavernland quality disc um, here and then here comes the drill and there's a bit of trash on top there's still some stubble and a bit of chopped straw but it looks like it's making a really good job to be fair a Cavernland S series power harrow and Cavernland drill e-drill maxi plus e-drill hello how are you doing Fine, thank this you. Looks very ominous. Well, I don't know about that. We're um, <laughs> we're just recording for the On Farm podcast, and we oh, were yes. we were just looking at um, what you were doing. 
What's your name? Fraser. Fraser Tate from Caverlin Group. Today we've got here, we've got a three metre uh, E-Drill Maxi Plus with their uh, E-Drill on the back of it, obviously. Grain and fertiliser, which a hopper can be split to 100% grain only or it can be split to 70-30 or 60-40 for grain and fertiliser. On the front we've got a one pass, uh, sorry, front press. Uh, and middle we've got a Kubota M7 uh, tractor. And this is, this, this kind of outfit like that is quite a, what am I going to say, traditional kind of Scottish outfit, isn't it? Very piggyback so. drill, very much um, piggyback front press, drill, piggyback front press, piggyback drill. Yeah, grain and fertiliser down the spout. Yep. Yep, a very much traditional I'm, Scotland machine. I'm a sheep farmer, so I, I, oh, I might okay. get this wrong, but kind of what you would say almost like weatherproof because you've, got, you've actually got the plough parked up in front, but, you know, in a wet back end, you could be... Much more universal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously we do a range of trail drills as well, minimum disturbance yep. drills things as well. But this is a this is an all-day machine. This is if the weather gets wet, you can plow and drill side yeah. by side like we're doing today, really. Yeah, yeah, you could pretty much have the pretty plow going behind the drill, pull behind the plow. Yeah, plow plow's kind of bringing up drier yeah. soil. You're sowing. Yeah, you can you can get on really well. A wet a wet yeah. back end in your. You go slower with these machines. Obviously, the trail machines need a bit of speed to make them work. Yeah. If it's wetter, it's always harder to get that to work. But you know, it's conditions horses for courses. And what today? What you'll get a lot of existing customers and potential customers yeah, coming both, out? to be fair, I mean, so far I spoke to people from as far north as Caithness and as far south as Carlisle. Right. So that's, you know, broad spectrum of customers. Some people have got some caverling kit, maybe not a drill, maybe a plough or, you know, some other, a bedder or some other bits in the range we do. So, yeah, bits of mix of new and old customers, to be fair. It's uh, looking to show off our new kit. We have a couple of new machines on this stand we have here, a new shallow plough we have, uh, a new Eudrill Maxi Plus on there. So it's just really showing you showing you kit, meeting customers, speaking to customers, just really seeing if we can get some more deals put together. Is that part of your role as well, like setting things up for customers? Yes, and, we, yeah. get, we get heavily involved in that. Yeah. With Caverling Group, you're very much hands-on person. You know, we, we don't hide behind our, our shirt and ties. Normally yeah. we see us in overalls and boots yeah. and we get stuck in so, and mucked you in know, with the job. farmer buys this kit, you'll roll up in the field help to get not it going. Not everyone, to be fair. Yeah. Obviously, we've got too many to be at every machine, yeah. but dealer will do that, but we always back a dealer's up. A dealer demo, we'd would, we would be out there backing them up and helping them, supporting them, yeah. making sure everything's all right and they're comfortable with everything, because in the day, we're supposed to be a specialist in the products. Yeah. You know, dealers have a lot more things to look after than just our product. Yeah. So we're yeah. there to back them up and look after them, yeah. make sure they're, yeah. they're happy and comfortable. That's actually a good way of explaining what's going on here today. I mean, there's... Yeah, you might be familiar with your local dealers and, and, and what have you, but they, they sell a variety of brands and mm. they sell tractors, they sell trailers, they sell all sorts of implements. They can sell you it, but, but coming to something like this today is where you get to speak to the people that can actually show you exactly how it yeah. works and how you can get the most from it. As I say, we're meant to be specialists. That's our yeah. that's our title. Meant we're to be. Meant you to are. Be. <laughs> okay, um, we're specialists. <laughs> Here's another man that might have a chat with us. So, Michael Warden, uh, dealer manager for Kubota UK, covering the, the north of the, the UK. Here in the Kubota stand, we're working in conjunction with our sister uh, company, Caneverland. So, we've got Caneverland implements on the back of the Kubota machines. We've got three M7s uh, working machines and two M6 static machines and uh, RTV as our uh, personalised uh, vehicle for getting around the site. On an event like this, you'll shoot me for this, but in an event like this, are these not kind of the smaller end of the tractor scale for some of these big arable outfits? So if you yeah. look at the market stats, the 
the 150, 160 horsepower tractor sector is the bread and butter. It's the most common is what it was. Once you get over 200 horsepower, there is a few um, tractors sold in that sector. The, the market actual demand starts to drop off and then yeah. over 300 horsepower is even less tractors sold as well. So we are in the, the volume sector is where we are. I was winding you up because, you know, we're also keeping it real a wee bit and, you know, and, and we're not talking about the, the prairies and we're not talking about, you know, opening a glossy magazine and here's my big quad track or whatever, are we? We're talking about, you know, a, a real tractor for a real job. Yeah, we're standing in East Lothian in a field that we're just looking to try and do something realistic with, as you yep. say, that a 12 metre cultivator on the back of a thousand horsepower tractor is not really going to work. Here's a bunch of students, I would say. Barney like campus that. students. Oh, Barney campus students, right. We're recording for the On Farm podcast. So right. Hutchinson, they're giving freebies away. Oh, they're giving freebies. Is it all about the freebies today? <laughs> well, we're meant to be, we're doing a group project, but it's about getting the freebies. Group project today. on. We have to pick a, one of these exhibits and then we have to do a presentation on them right. about their business features and then like their showcasing and... Are they better than the competition and uh, is it worth buying their product? It's a bit like this podcast thing. We've got to go around and speak to people and look at things try and, and, and try and understand it and learn about it. Yeah, it's just about the same. So have you just arrived? Have, just you, have, you, picked where, where, have you picked your victims? What stand you're going to look at? Uh, well, oh, yeah. we've picked one. That's been it. We'll have a wee look around and see what else is there to see. What's your, what's your names, guys? What's uh, Rory Sloan. Jack Strawhorn. Tolson Crothers. Alexander Mitchell. Alistair Craig. You're all down at Barony, yeah? Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the course? Uh, we're HND Agriculture, but all the agriculture people are here from right. the course. Right. So NC and HNC are all here kicking about as well. I hope the bus doesn't get stuck in the field. No, hopefully not. <laughs> well, would, that be, would that be useful, would it? <laughs> no, I'm wanting home. <laughs> <laughs> So let's have a wander along and see what else is going on. Um, I can see there's a big case tractor with some sort of... Oh, look, there we are. There's something a bit different. There is a, a Merlot telescopic handler. So a forklift, as it were, operating a cultivator. I believe you call it... Is it a multi-farmer? It's effectively a forklift with a linkage on the back so you can also do field work with it. Um, so like a Swiss Army knife tractor. A Swiss Army knife tractor, Dave. Yeah, so we might have a look at that. There's obviously a demonstration of something going on up here with a PA system. I can hear something going over the mic, so over the loudspeakers rather. So let's go and see what's happening up here. Once you've registered with the CAA, as I mentioned, ah, I think this might be drone. drone. Yeah. All you need is a compatible drone, which costs about 400 to 500 quid, something like that. You just need your smartphone. And the only thing left after that is a subscription to the software, which costs about £50 a month. So the drone is on its way home now. It's going to land any second. And that concludes the demonstration. Thanks very much. So, just again, for a sort of to give you a, a bit more of a visual aspect of what we've got, this is literally an event scattered over a massive area of stubble field. You know, it's not like an agricultural show in the traditional sense with avenues and rings and, and what have you. Basically we're scattered all over with various areas assigned to different manufacturers where they're demonstrating their, their products. Here is probably what could almost be described as a the sort of trade stand alley um, with the various flags flying of the different stand holders. 
What's this? How is your soil nutrition working for you? My name's Lou Williams and I'm an arable agronomist with Hutchinson's. Come up from the day from Yorkshire to come and see the equipment being trialled up here. As a team, we're here to talk to people about what we can offer in terms of trying to help people better understand their soils, how they work and how to uh, improve the functionality. On the table, we've just got an example of a few different soil samples from the field, taken from the field margin, where we've got a much higher carbon content, a much more natural structure, going down to the tram lines within the cultivated field, which is obviously more compacted and much lower level of organic matter. So we can have a wee bit of a look at that. So this is, this is the field margin, so that's basically the weedy bit at the end of the field. That's right, yeah. Yep. Within that weedy part, you can yep. see that the colour indicates a much higher level of organic matter, and it's yep. absolutely full of roots, yep. uh, which allow, allow oxygen and water to flow through there. The pH is also exactly where we want it to be, uh, around the 6.57 level. Whereas when you walk through these other soil samples, increasingly you can see greater levels of compaction, particularly in this tramline area. Which means so, so this is the middle of the field or normal part of the field and this is a tramline? That's that, right, yeah, yeah that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And you can see how not only are we getting more compaction, but the pH really drops off as well. Right. So these soils are not going to perform as you would hope. So basically, it's almost like a control. That's kind of saying, you know, that's the soil in its kind of more natural state and this is what you've got in your field. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, so this yeah. is as good as it's ever going to get, yeah, and that's yeah. really what we're aiming for. Yeah. It's probably not realistic to say that we can have every soil looking like this, but that's where we want to go. Yeah. Just, just for the listeners, I mean, it is a lot more, as you say, Louis, it's a lot more rooty. Mm -hmm. It's alive, it's you know, a, yeah, essentially. It, you know, you've got worms running through there. In terms of microbiology, which we can't see, this diversity of plant structures means that you're encouraging a much wider range of microbes, which are there helping you to release nutrients that might be locked up in the soil, such as legacy phosphate, altogether making it a much more attractive soil to, to grow something in. So... Give us a couple of quick hints and tips, if you can do that in a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of summary way. How are you advising farmers to try and get, improve what they've got and get more towards this? What's, what are the key things that you're sort of suggesting people need to do? Well, I think that by the time a farmer gets to asking us that question, they've already made the big step, which is getting interested in these sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, so finding out more about the soil. We offer more advanced and in-depth soil analysis. So rather than just looking at how much crop available nitrogen have you got in a soil sample, actually how much phosphate is there within that soil? Are we able to access that phosphate? How can we gain access to that phosphate? So taking a more in-depth approach to soil analysis definitely is one thing. So once um, they've started doing that, they're, they're halfway down the journey basically. Well, yeah. I think making the decision to do anything yeah. is yeah. always the, uh, the yeah. biggest step. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, soil mapping, we also run uh, the UK's most high resolution soil mapping survey allowing you to put inputs in the right place so making sure for example if you're applying lime that you're getting a balanced pH across the field rather than high spots and low spots um, and also trying out things on the farm you know experimental plots whether that's for machinery or cropping strategies to see how it works how it reacts with their soils. Brilliant good it's quite interesting I thought we would be coming here to see enormous machinery there is plenty of enormous machinery but you're zooming right in here on the, on the smallest possible scale. You're magnifying right in on the, on the soil. That's right. You know, we, as you say, big machinery catches the eye. But really what everybody is trying to achieve is not just a good physical structure, but a good chemical and biological structure within that, which is much more zoomed in. So really it's all about the small, as you say, microbes, etc. in here. It's all about them doing their work and doing their job as much as it is about the big shiny kit doing the job. Totally, yeah. And I think that that's something that more and more people have been coming to realise in the last few years. Grand. Good.
Good. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Louis. Do you know, we should probably be looking at this programme I've got in my hand here, because this is a knowledge trail station. What is the knowledge trail station? What do we need to learn? Or is that what we've just seen? Is that part of the... Well, I presume this is the trail. <laughs> yeah. But actually, let's go again and see some of this kit, because there's some really big kit going on here. What's happening over here? Every time you go over a new brow, there's, there's something more else kit. Yeah. yeah. JCB yeah, going by. JCB fast track with some sort of big Amazon cultivator on the back. No, we're going to get run over. Don't here. get run over. <laughs> and that machine just now, watch your back, Dave, is a big Amazon Cobra, six meter, and it's got a whole load of spring tines on the front and then some a press on the back looks like the sort of thing that you would you could do anything with again a lot of, a lot of these machines seem to be very um, what's the word I'm looking for adaptable these versatile, days versatile yeah. these days in terms of you know they've been running on plowed ground there they're running into stubble they're doing a second pass over this stubble you know these are the kind of things that you would you, you very much need to speak to the manufacturers and work out it's probably more what would suit your soil and your jobs at home Sam How's it going? Good, thanks. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm Dave. Dave. Dave, nice to meet you. Hello, my name is Sam Scott. I'm a grain buyer for Sofitra Grain, based out of the Ormiston store uh, in East Lothian. It's great that we've actually caught up with Sam because um, Sofitra have very kindly agreed to, to sponsor and support this episode. So brilliant. Thanks for that, Sam. No, no problem at all. You're here today. You've not got a stand or whatever, but you're just you're having a, a wander around and maybe bumping into customers and. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of a vested interest because I think we actually bought the wheat that was grown on this field. So uh, no, it's great just to come out and see uh, the farming community. Uh, I think a lot of people have come from far and wide to this and, uh, you know, the dreaded COVID has, has put paid to a lot of these events. So it's great to see it well supported. And, you know, for the machinery dealers, it's a big investment to bring all the kit out, but there's plenty of it and big and shiny. So. And you think it's been a reasonable harvest? Farmers have maybe got a little bit of money in their pocket to invest in new kit and what have you? Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think from a yield point of view, it's been sort of uh, good to maybe above average. And pricing, yeah, as we know from the 24th of February, prices have, have gone uh, gone sort of skyrocketed. And um, yeah, they're still remaining relatively firm. So, you know, we hope that will continue. But um, we'll need to see if there's, if there's some sort of a black swan event um, that could change the whole complex of the grains, really. It's very interesting because if um, listeners remember... We have previously talked about Ormiston and the, the grain stores at Ormiston um, in a previous episode of On Farm. And we worried at that stage, That was gen it was a, a kind of panel discussion and we were genuinely worried at that stage as to what was going to happen to them because the previous incumbent, shall we say, went bust, as it were. And we were genuinely worried about what was going to happen. Not, not so much just from who's going to buy my grain, but the fact is that these stores were a logistical part of the chain and farmers relied on them um, for storage to get the grain moving off farm, etc, etc. So it's brilliant that Safitra have come along and kind of 
rescued those facilities. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think there was uh, there was really a delay in proceedings from, um, as you say, what, what happened in the past and the ownership of the grain that was that was in the store, what, what was actually in the stores. Um, so that took maybe longer than we all anticipated. So we kind of missed being able to offer storage um, for uh, Harvest 21. Uh, this year, yeah, hopefully it's been a great asset to the farmers that have, that have uh, utilised the store and certainly from our point of view, you know, great first year to have them. A very, very dry um, year, as, as you'll know yourself, Monty. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. And, and um, yeah, we're just really pleased to have picked up both Ormiston and Charlesfield. Strategically, great, great positions for us and um, just really supports what Safitra's been trying to do in, in Scotland over the last few years. What's the plan today then, Sam, to wander around? Yeah, wander around. Uh, there's a few familiar faces I see already, so uh, that's great. And just have a look at the kit. You know, the, the tech is changing so quickly, and I think we all need to keep up to speed with, with what's going on in agriculture and maybe more of a shift away from, from the conventional plough and power harrow in some areas to uh, some of the more kind of uh, regenerative agriculture. So, yeah, just just be good to have a chat to the farming community, really. It's interesting because there's a, there's a real contrasting scene over there the case tractor over there with the plough and he's um, demonstrating on that plot there, you know, ploughing. Parked beside it is a big, I want to go and see that because that's a big sort of direct drill looking piece of kit. What you're seeing today is, it's almost like broadened out because there's still the traditional plough and power harrow type kit here, which is probably bomb proof and waterproof and whatever and needed in Scotland and some in a yeah. lot of situations still. But at the other end of the scale you've got a thing there that would run over here sow the seed and you probably not even know it had been you know and and, and until your seed pops up yeah. and all all is good absolutely and and yeah it's worth worth saying for the purists among us uh, both doing a fantastic job um and, and you know uh, the irony won't be lost on a lot of your listeners that we that we talk about these things from uh, one of the uh, best farms in east lothian yeah. and uh, down here on the coast and in fact, I think this this field itself had been um, just a top down over the top of it, and then and then uh, drilled straight into it, rolled behind it. So um, what you mean is that um, a cultivator threw it just to loosen it up a little bit and then drilled in? Yeah, very yeah. much. So it's a, yeah. a typical minimum tillage yeah. Yeah. Uh, type of type of cultivation. Yeah. And it looks it looks to be fair, judging by the the the, the kind of density if that's the right word of the stubble there's been a good plant population per square meter so it looks like it's done well yeah, yeah i'd agree yeah cool good thank you sam no, really thank, nice you. thank you thank you both very much brilliant so i wanted to see this big uh, direct drill um in action and it's uh it's just coming towards us now we were going to go and walk over there but here it comes all the lights flashing, big flag on board. We're going to get run over. We better move. <laughs> Probably move out of its way. <laughs> Maybe that's why all the lights are flashing. <laughs> he says, I've got all these lights and a big flag and you're still standing in my way. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously a big, big, big seed hopper and, um, and all these discs and slot openers or whatever they want to call them that um, place the seed. This area over here is obviously a direct drilling demonstration area because there is one working just now and again there is someone with a PA system describing what's happening uh, yeah. so if we go there now we're going to be just in the right spot at the right time to see the big drill that I've been wanting to see working 
So it's almost go. like we've planned it. It's almost like we planned it, Dave. Can you hear that? Yep. Finally, we've got Charlie Eaton from Horizon to tell us about this drill. So to talk you through it, this is our six meter drill, DSX drill. It's a no-till drill. This one is a triple hopper. As you can see, we've got three hoppers and three uh, metering systems there. Um, we have the option underneath each metering system to choose where we send products. So we can either send it to the front row or the back row. So if we're doing cover crops, we can put them down the front coulters set them up at 45 mil if they're a big seed and send the small seeds down the rear coulters let's say at 10 10 mil 15 mil whilst it just looks like a big box on wheels with a load of coulters as he said there's all sorts of spacing there's all sorts of options the, the, the clever bits of kit and precision as precision. well that's the word that was going through my mind as we were listening to that well if you think there's precision in two senses here because there's precision in the fact that mechanically you can place the seed exactly where you want it to the extent that you can have one row of what they call um, crop so for example oil seed rape and one row of what's called companion crop just sown in between it to look after the soil and to mulch the soil a living mulch basically but there's also precision in another sense which is it's all to get that accuracy of, of rows it'll all be um, guided by a guidance system which is making sure that it goes up and down exactly the right spacing as it progresses across the field so it is precision yeah so we will achieve two to three mil uh, accuracy in our seed placement one thing that people also really like is this d-cup diffuser so this plastic diffuser here takes out a hundred percent of the airflow out of our air hoses so from that point we are delivering with gravity uh, the reason we have those is seed bounce can be a challenge for no-till disc drills we're creating very little slots and seed bouncing out of those slots can be an issue i've just spotted someone that might almost be a regular voice on the podcast we'll make it a chance to have a word with stuart stuart how are you doing good morning monty are you all right? Very well, thank you, yes. Yes, we've just been having a wander around. We've been having a look at this Horizon drill and we spotted you also eyeing it up. What do you make of this? Um, for the purpose of sowing into cover crops and direct drilling, I think this is potentially the way to go, but not all farms and not all soils can accept one of these drills straight away. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's definitely... There's still a lot of mileage to be done. The plough still has a place... Mintil has a place, their direct drilling, strip tillage, all has a place. But no, it's certainly interesting to see and it's great to have an event like this in East Lothian on our doorstep. It's interesting you say that though because I've been trying to put that into words as we walked around and trying to sort of explain to Dave and, and to the listeners why we're seeing, you know, ploughs, we're seeing drills that are going into ploughs, we're seeing drills that are going in after cultivators, we're seeing all sorts. And, and I think you summed that up quite well there, that... You might be ultimately aiming to yes, direct yeah. drill like this. Is yes, that right? Yes. You might ultimately be aiming to do it, but you can't just jump in feet first and do it straight away. Because if you buy one of these drills, direct drills, normally you sell everything else in the shed. And the reason for that is you've got to pay for it because yeah. they are awfully expensive. But it's the same with all machines. Yeah. Everything's become expensive. But you sell everything else and then suddenly you find that actually your soil, is it basically it's your soil that's not quite ready for this is that it's the soil and it's also the uh, the humus contact yeah. the microbes uh, mycorrhiza everything inside the soil the living culture that we have underneath our feet if that's not right you can spend whatever you want on a drill but the seed won't grow but 
the point being that it's a it's a journey that you might be working towards. I'm, I'm kind of summarising that right in terms of if you're on a you know there's the plough there and a drill chasing it up the field. If that's your system at the moment, and you want to ultimately cut your costs etc and go to something like this it's a journey you want to be you might be doing that now you want to maybe ease off the plowing and and then and and and, and, and subsoil or, or cultivate instead and and ultimately the more you go on that journey you make the soil ready for something like this is that um, definitely but we've gone and bought a drill that allows us to drill strip tillers uh, min till and plow all in one unit instead of going jumping ship and into all into one machine so there are options out there is that for you is that all about depending on which crop you're using you're drilling and weather conditions and uh, as a one-man band one tractor um, it's all about choosing the right machine or the right drill options because I have three different types of drilling options on the one drill it depends on what's what crop I've had my previous crop and cover crops we put everything into cover crops over the winter but we do all our autumn cultivation with legs and discs in the autumn and then when we come to the springtime we'll go straight in with the drill and it'll be a direct drill with a slot that is cut in front of the coulter and the seed will go straight in. With no-till there's a huge amount of benefits with no-till to the environment, yep. to the economy of the yep. farmer, etc., yep. etc. But it's got to be right. Yep. And that's why you're looking at quite a sophisticated tech here, yep. which has evolved in the last 10 years. So the level of precision in this culture now is maize plant to precision technology. We are delivering seed within 2 mil, 3 mil of where we want it. All the tech with a row cleaner. So, so for, a, for, a, for a silly sheep farmer like me, in the old days, we talked about precision drills as in for what you say like maize where they had to put it yep. spacing had to be exactly accurate to get the plant in exactly the right space etc and barley or wheat over there just just fell down a spout and a coulter put it in the ground and that was it but this is now about getting it exactly right yeah if you're if you ploughed and cultivated and you've got moved soil if you put wheat at an inch or wheat at two inches you kind of get away with it yeah whereas with this especially if you think we're drilling all seed rape at 10 mil if we're not at 10 mil and we're on the surface, we're just on hard soil. There's yep. no tilth. Yep. If we're down at 20, 30 mil, it's cold, dark, horrible, yep. unmoved yep. soil. It's a long way for that little plant to grow up. Yep. Yep. That's why it's got to be bang on. Yep. The same with the closing, the same with parting the trash. That's why you've got all these air systems in here. It's all controlled in the cap because you need that tech to get it right. Mm. So plow- plowing is a pastime now. Plowing yeah. is a sport. For a this Saturday. Is, yeah, this, yeah. Is the, this is what the professionals are all about. <laughs> Right, brilliant. So we're just heading back to the car, Monty. We've had a good day, spoken to a lot of people. And I think one of the things that stands out to me is the range of machinery we've seen today from the established and the almost old-fashioned right up to cutting-edge technology. I think you're right, but actually it's interesting because... As I spotted with a plough over there, even ploughs are not old-fashioned and, and simple things now. You know, there was one over there that was juggling every leg to avoid a stone or whatever. You know, it's all very, very complex kit. But the point of it is, there's something here that can do a job in, you know, every condition, every soil type. It just shows you how how professional farmers and growers and machinery operators are 
and how professional their advisors and their their suppliers are in terms of being able to say, right, okay, you want to do this job in these conditions, you want to plant this crop, and your objectives are, you know, highest possible yield, or your objectives are to improve your soil biodiversity or your to, to grow cover crops or whatever it is, and you can find the machine for it all. It's 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 kind of opened opened my eyes in a way that when I think about the way forward for for arable now, I do tend to think more about the the likes of that horizon drill and what have you. But it's a bit of a a reminder that actually that's horses for courses, and there's more to it than just that. I think that's I think that's what I would salute in this episode. Those who are out there trying to do something to the best of their abilities and make sure they're doing something to the best of their abilities rather than just going, oh, we've done it that way. They've got their heads up looking for those yeah, opportunities. Yeah. yeah, and whether the opportunity is, oh, we're just going to do the kind of same kind of procedure as we've always done, maybe that's ploughing, but we're actually going to look at how we can do it better or whether that's looking at actually we could reduce the ploughing and we could do some minimum tillage or we could do direct drilling. Whatever it is, keep your head up and, and, and find what's best for you and, you know, make a better business for it. That's, that, that, that's probably my take home as we walk back towards the car. Well done. Do you want to just do the... Uh, tell them who makes the podcast and how they can reach yep. us? Yep. So as we head back through the massive stubble field of Tillage um, Live, which is no longer as stubbly as it was when we first arrived, Dave. There's quite a lot of brown earth now. Just your reminder that this is the On Farm Food, Agriculture and Rural Matters podcast. And uh, we're, the, the podcast is made by Seen and Heard. And we're the rural PR and marketing specialists. And we're very, very grateful, extremely grateful to Safitra for coming on board as the sponsor of this episode. So thank you very much to them. Thank you to producer Dave for um, wandering around this event with me. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us as we wander around. And that's it for me, and bye for now. See you next time.